this song when we started the podcast was uh I, ha- I i don't know how much i either discussed with you about this because we were not all that close um i don't know if i discussed it with you that much or if i mentioned it to you but i at the beginning of last year uh Susie's mom passed away very suddenly and it completely like shattered our world and we spent a lot of time picking up the pieces and sort of reevaluating what was important to us. And I had been thinking because of Blink-155 of doing something with music. Now, I did joke I wanted to do an Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. That was an idea. But I also had an idea of music. And and uh, losing somebody so quickly, I was like, do I do um, like things I make playlists about, right? Like I have a playlist of songs to play at my funeral. Uh, type of deal mm. and and that 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 is looking at your mortality and then having somebody so close to us pass away so suddenly uh is looking at your mortality from another standpoint and saying what's important to you I, I feel like i love these things these things are very important to me and i want to share them with the world so i remember one night you know everything seems so trivial when you deal with a loss like that and f- no matter what you say like do you want to take the we had to look for preschool for Wes. That was when he got to go to preschools because grandma wasn't around anymore. Um, and, uh, but it seems so dumb, but it was also like, well, time's not going to wait for us. Like enrollment is when enrollment is. So we have to pull ourselves up and, and do these things. So one night I was like telling Susie, I was like, I, I think I really want to do a Jimmy world podcast because we really dig into music, especially Susie. Um, losing her mom really dug into Jimmy World. So we were listening to a lot of Jimmy World at that time. Um, and you get this feeling from music that you can hear in a different way all of a sudden uh, with something like that. So uh, in that, I said, I, I think I really want to do this. And she, I don't think, was emotionally ready to commit to doing something like that. Because I was like, oh, do you want to do it with me? And all this type of stuff is something we could do together. And uh, uh and I think it wasn't anything that she necessarily wanted to dig into. So we, uh, you and I started talking. And I don't know if I told you why we were looking at doing it or not. But that was a huge impetus. Uh, impetus? Yeah. <laughs> to why I wanted to do the pod. Was to dig into these songs that I reached for in a time of need. To get a further understanding of them. So uh, that is the backstory, and this is Untitled.
Yeah, I don't know if if you had ever told me the exact reason. You did you did explain um sort of the 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 motive behind starting this and and I remember the first few episodes you you were telling me I think Susie might sit in on a few of these. Would you mind? And I had no problems with it. Um but it, it was almost like I, I think at that moment I was we were still figuring things out. And I wasn't sure if it was going to be a regular thing or if it was so I didn't know it was supposed to be your and her thing or if you had discussed that. So, oh, no, no, no. when I reached out to you, it was no longer going to be that. Yeah. yeah, it's just interesting to see what that thought, how it formulated, what started it and and where it's where, where it's come for, like, you know, over a year later, we're, we're over a year's worth of episodes and uh, and we get to this this track finally. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and yeah, it, it, this track in particular, when I heard it, it's very difficult to decipher the lyrics, and this is actually the first time I ever looked at what these lyrics were, but it was musically, it hit me in a way, and I don't even remember, like, I, I must have just been listening to the singles album, and it was almost like the first time I heard, I, I talk about this on the Lean episode with Brian Samus. Uh, you know, you put on some music in the background and you just aren't paying attention to anything. And then you hear something that you're like, this can't be as good as it is. Let me start it back over and listen to it again from the beginning, because this is so good right in this moment that I need to hear. I need to make sure I'm hearing this correctly. And uh, this was another. Uh, so th- I talked about it with Brian Samus when I first heard the Wabu K song, Kiss Me, Kill Me. I was like, this can't be a real song. It can't be this good. Um, and I felt that when I heard Untitled, I didn't know the name of it. I, I, somebody at one point said, I always thought this was the end of Christmas card. I didn't know it was a different song. I don't even know if I knew. I, I, I listen again to singles from front to back. I, I never put together what was what or anything like that. Never went and reached for Untitled uh, ever. And now... Uh, really since like March or April of last year, I do a lot. Uh, it's on my night drive playlist. It's on, uh, I, I keep trying to figure out a way to work it into an edit so I can, uh, work with somebody to, to reach out to them for licensing. And they're going to be like, you want to license what? (laughs) Um, uh, and, uh, it's just such an amazingly beautiful piece of music that, does exactly the thing I love that Jimmy Eat World does. It's got the shoegazy elements. It's got the the arpeggiated guitars that are doing two different things in two different channels. And then it, it crescendos to this huge, like, feedback loop. And it's just so goddamn good. Um, and uh, and when we talk about how they did it and why they did it, it's really impressive. <laughs> right, I know. I, I, I didn't find that out until later when I was going through. Well, let's see what other information I can find. Uh, in the community, what they're talking about. And then I came across that post, which had the information. So when we get to that point, I did have a question for you <clears throat> about that specific, the versions of of those notes, sure. the liner notes. So yeah, uh, I guess, yeah, before we dig into, I guess we'll start with lyrics and go from there. Uh, uh, anything new? Because we didn't even catch up. I, I kind of caught you off guard. We just jumped into the last episode to complete it and get it out of the way. And here we are actually not starting too late, too much later than we would have if we were doing an episode tonight. Uh, uh, Just one episode tonight. So that's good. Um, Anything new? I mean, the Dodgers won. uh, The elections passed. Dodgers won. Elections passed. But this is the question I have for you, David. Um, 
Do you, at this point in time, when this episode's released, do you still have uh, candy lying around your house? Yes, oh. because we bought a big-ass bag from Costco, <laughs> and that was Halloween. <laughs> and did anyone did anyone end up coming by? No, we don't buy candy for to give out. <laughs> <laughs> But also, yeah, we're in an apartment building, so yeah, no one, yeah, no one comes by. What we did anyone. do, nah, here's what we did do: uh, uh, some neighbors uh, with kids Wes's age um, dropped off a bag on our doorstep, and so we uh, did the same for the kids in the building. So uh, we put together a bag uh, of treats, and uh, we had bought these Halloween packs uh, a couple years ago from a Target dollar bin. That we would take with us to restaurants or something like that to give Wes something to do while we're at a restaurant. Uh-huh. We can go to a restaurant this year. So we used some of those extra Halloween packs and we put those in there with the candy and stuff. And we gave those to the neighbors. Oh. And then we drove around and looked at Halloween decorations. Um, we used the SoCal Haunt list. I think I told you about it uh, where they do, you know, great over the top lawn decorations and shows and stuff like that. And Burbank had a lot of really great stuff. Um, and uh, yeah. Yeah. We yeah, walked. Halloween we- was the. Yeah, it was very different, right? Yes, totally. Yeah, it was. It was just uh, ho- hoping it's it's just for one year, but um, yeah, what a different feeling it was for the kids. And luckily, we had so many other things that we had done leading up to that moment. Uh, we went to go see the Knights of the Jack out, uh, which is cool. It was our first oh, time. Oh, we seeing did that. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Driving through there was really cool. The kids loved that. Leading up to that moment, it was enough to where they didn't feel like they were sh- slighted or shortchanged on anything. And they had plenty of candy, and we we just had so much stuff set up for them that it didn't seem like they were um, they were bummed out at all. The only thing I felt like I was bummed out about is the fact that it was a Saturday night, and there was a full moon. Like, how often does that happen, right? It's yeah. like something like once every 100 or so years that that particular you know, full moon on Halloween night when it's on a Saturday. Totally. So, yeah. Oh, well. Yep. Oh, and I did want to say Ben Foot has uh, ha- caught me. Oh, didn't catch. I- I'm never all that stealth because for the most part, <laughs> who knows if anybody knows if what I'm doing or why I'm doing it. But Ben Foot caught on with some commenting I did on the Facebook page and on some YouTube uh, videos. He caught on to what song we're doing this week. So hi, Ben. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. So Untitled. Uh, it's from the singles album slash the blueprint split from 96. It's track number nine of 11 on the singles album. Uh, I guess two of three on the split. Um, it was produced by Larry Elia, who we've talked about before. Larry oh, yeah. did. Um, he did the static prevails and self-titled production, or at least mine died digital did. Um, and uh, uh, yes, yeah, self-titled and static prevails recorded there as well as the Emery split that they did with the song Better Than O. Um, and then I saw somebody had commented Scott Thysel, who or Scott Heisel, who I think we've come across in research in the past. Um, he says that Emery's single, and I'm sure we'll talk about it when we talk about Better Than O, was released by Jesse Johnson, later of Motion City Soundtrack. And I oh. love Motion City Soundtrack. So I don't know. I guess Jesse Johnson is a member of Motion City Soundtrack, and he released this single with Emery and Jimmy Eat World. That's kind of crazy. I think of Motion City Soundtrack as like a latter day band, and right Split was ten years prior to any Motion stuff City that, stuff that I knew of. Yeah, right. So anyway, I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, this was uh, the the so yeah the Split was released in '96. This singles album came out August eighth, 
2000, which I do believe was the exact day I finally, I, we talked about this before where I was like, oh, I downloaded, uh, when we were downloading stuff on LimeWire, I downloaded NoFX's August 8th, but did not listen to it until August 8th. And I have to believe that was August 8th, 2000. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, now the, it was on abridged records, um, right. which is a, uh, uh, a Texas based, um, record label that I'm assuming Blueprint was on. Yes, um, they were. And then Singer, I have question mark, but I'm going to guess that it's Jim because it sounds like he's uh, Blink-182 did this on the song uh, Feeling This, where uh, they set a microphone on the other end of a bathroom and Tom DeLonge s- shouted the lyrics uh, uh, during the bridge of Feeling This in the shower and they just recorded it that way. That's what this song sounds like to me. Yeah, it's just very far away. Uh, yeah. Loud. Yeah, but I don't see Tom doing this upper register. No, I type don't of singing. Either. So, um, so let's look at the lyrics here, which I never knew until today. Yeah, right. So three lines. First line is "Porch light alone as you stepped out. You stepped out. It made a silhouette of your head. Then you walked down." Yes. So I had a couple notes here. Obviously, I never knew what the lyrics were. Uh, also, oh, <laughs> this is going to be a new uh, segment. Grammarly thinks porch light should be one word. Um, uh, porch light alone. Uh, I don't know what I ever thought he was saying. Uh, it's like one of those things. If I sit, if I play it and then I sing along to it, but now I've been playing with the lyrics so much today that I I feel like I know it this way now. Yeah. But so as you stepped out, I still hear him saying stand there. So I hear porch light alone. As you stand there, you stepped out. Um, why would you say stepped out? You stepped out. Although as you, yeah, theory, porch light as you and, I, and I'm kind of hearing it in my head as you stand there, you stepped out. Maybe they were just um, it could be playing with the double meaning. The porch light lit you as you stepped out of the house and then you stepped out. Somebody mentioned that maybe the song is about somebody cheating on somebody um, because it's so tightly related to Christmas card, which is which I'm sure we'll get into. Well, we I know we'll get into uh, one day, which is supposedly. The twelve twenty three ninety five from a different point of view. Oh. So Christmas card and twelve twenty three ninety five are apparently the same story from two different points of view. And separate of how this untitled song was written, these lyrics may be speaking to the goings on from Christmas card, which I haven't analyzed the lyrics of, but I believe has something to do with a, a relationship ending. So the stepped out could be you stepped out of the relationship, you stepped out uh, on me, you know, the the vernacular or the, the right. colloquial uh, use of you stepped out. Um, but just uh, something to think about. And then it made a silhouette of your head. Then you walk down. I hear as you walk down and it really doesn't matter. Um, I guess then you walk down makes sense. But um, again, I, I never analyzed it all that much. Right. What do you think? Well, now I was confused going through song meanings. First of all, for for earlier tracks like this, I'm always surprised when there is anything on it. So I jumped over to it and it looks immediately I saw, okay, this is not what I'm hearing. So there was some clarification down in the thread. So I'll read the ones that actually I I assume refer to. It's almost like somebody edited it, right? Like it used to have these lyrics and now it does not. (laughs) <laughs> it might, yeah, because look, you can see lyrics submitted by X Pank Frist. We've talked about that person before mm-hmm. in comments. Uh, edited by Rotting Mofo. 
So I don't know what Rotting Mofo did, if we can see. Well, there are several tracks called Untitled by Jimmy World. Right. Um, which they talk about in the comments. But yeah. Exactly. They go down. I mean, I think the last comment was, or maybe this was in a in a, a Reddit thread, but they, they said there's no, there's actually four versions of this. But let me just go to the relevant one. So uh, the first one is The Promise Ring 8 on January 30th. 30th of 2005 that says the song is really rich in meaning i think that his girlfriend cheated on him you stepped out on me amazing song right so yes i mean it could very well be that and, it, and i was trying to see if there was any mention before that comment saying no this is the other this is the other version that you know the lyrics for a different untitled that's not that the post is about but i think yep. you're right the that song originally had the three lines in there from x pank frist and then it got changed by Rotting Mofo. Right. Um, Which is and, both wrong and not wrong. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so then six months later, Death Cab Driver has the comment. Uh, his his uh, analysis of this is he comes to pick her up for a night out uh, as he's about to approach the door. She steps out onto the porch and just glows under the door light. Her beauty radiates so much it leaves him speechless and in, quote, awe. Short, simple, sweet. Now, if, if if there there are enough people that that feel like Christmas card, this is an extension of Christmas card. I could very much understand that there is a like uh, there's a synonymous or a, a continuing feeling going from from one song to another. But if it's separate, and what we find out about the whole reason why they recorded it, if if that's the reason, I see it more as just. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily you stepped out. I think this is something that just, it's more like this death cab driver saying that it's a short, simple, sweet thing about something that a memory, a vivid memory that's in this, uh, the narrator's head at that moment in time when he's singing Mm -hmm. these three lines. Mm -hmm. That's what I lean more toward. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the way that they're produced. And we could talk about that. Yeah. um, A little bit. So, so uh, let me talk about where this was recorded first, because I, um, just to comment back on that, I don't know if you had mentioned that this was recorded at Mind's Eye Digital Studio. Uh, right, yeah, that's Larry Elliott's studio, but yes, right. I did not mention it you did specifically, men- yeah. Okay, so you didn't mention Mind's Eye Digital. I went to the website, and if you go to clients, there are eight, so it's mindseyedigital.net, there are eight uh, bands that actually have their logo listed, and then underneath that, they have two columns, local clients, there's a bunch, and then major label clients. Um, that and both of those are in text, right? Commercial clients, songwriting clients, etc. But okay, yeah, these, I see. these eight headlined clients: Eminem, Jimmy Eat World, Snoop Dogg, Seven Dust, Disturbed, Five Finger Death Punch, Beastie Boys, Cottonmouth Kings. Those ones are chosen, and unfortunately, they don't go anywhere. There's no internal page that they lead to. I was really hoping I could see something. Yeah, else. it's weird. They have mouse overs, right? <laughs> and yeah, you click on it, and it goes. It just goes back to. Um, that it's just a hat, like a, a filler link, but Jimmy World is one of the eight um, highlighted clients that uh, that Mind's Eye Digital is is promoting here on their clients page, and this is right out in Glendale, Arizona. So I'm sure this is very close to where he lives. The whole band lives. I mean, probably like fifteen. Well, so 20 Glendale, the Glendale's where my family, uh, some of my family live. My sisters <laughs> yeah. in Glendale. Um, Glendale is like. Where Huge. you live, that that's like the seamy. Oh, really? Yeah. So this if, place is in a, a small suburb town. Correct, and and they're living in like downtown LA, like or like Silver Lake. 
Okay, so, so about 35 yeah. minutes, I'd imagine, yeah. then. Yeah. Okay, so not as close as I was thinking. Like, not a hop, skip, and a jump over. Like, hey, let's go over to my No, but I mean, it's Phoenix. Like, it's really not that bad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and Larry Elia was, he was also a musician himself. I'm always, you know, when you see producers, engineers, uh, people who master albums, and you look at their images or their photos, profile pictures on Discogs, I'm always expecting somebody that looks like they're in their early 70s, right? So seeing an image now of Larry Elia, I think, you know, he looks just like Jim. He was probably the same age at the time. He just had a different path that he went down. He was a musician himself. You know, he was in a band, uh, which is, I believe, still active, uh, Last Option, which is a hardcore band from Mesa, Arizona. And they were active right before, up up through 1990, right before Mm. he started this and then... Um, it says last option has begun playing shows in Southern California and returned to Arizona in 2019, 2020 with the current band lineup being Dave Schaller on guitar and Jeff Bowers on vocals. The only two constant members of the band. I imagine that even though, uh, Larry Elias still listed as a member, he's not crossed out or anything. I imagine that he's still in Arizona, even though it says like they've moved to SoCal looks like San Diego, that area. Yeah. Now located in San Diego. So I think it's just, yeah. Still associated with it, but not actually part of the performing members. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and give their Facebook page a like here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're still, they still got a lot of stuff active. Yeah. Now, let me ask you about, uh, to kind of take a step back to the split. Please. So, looking at the split, did you see, I'm sure the one that you're looking at is on Discogs. It's the split that has Jimmy Eat World forward slash blueprint, right? Yes. Now, you, did you see the other one? Yes. Okay. So that one has Blueprint first. Same interior, but it looks like both photos were taken by um, Paul Drake. Correct. Right? Is there is there any reason why you would do one before the other? I mean, are those the ones that they hand out to Blueprint to give out and, and hand That's out? Interesting. That's interesting. That, maybe. So here's what I found out about the, um, the artwork. Uh, let me see. So this guy, Stitches and Grooves, is a uh, like a vinyl collector's blog. And this is what Stitches and Grooves uh, wrote about this particular release. And it has a lot of answers uh, for this. This is a number of the many splits Jimmy Eat World did during their early days. There are three different covers for this split and five pressings in total. The first press came with two different covers which after the first pressing were banned, according to the owner of Abridged Records. One cover featured a bicycle, and the other featured a truck centered, well, in the center of the sleeve. The bicycle cover was banned from future use by the photographer who sold the photo to an advertising company. So that's why they went from the bicycle to the truck. The bicycle shot got sold to an ad agency, and they probably bought it... uh, the in perpetuity, blah, 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 all right. future media and all that stuff to now, differentiate. Oh, sorry. Uh, go well, go ahead. You, I, you might answer my question. So go ahead and, and continue. I, I'm interested because yeah, I, I didn't notice that they had the different bands before each other. And I don't know if this article, there's only two more little paragraphs here. I don't think it addresses why one would have been uh, first, but let's finish it up and then we can uh, pontificate. 
Sure. To differentiate future pressings, Abridged Records decided to go with the truck cover, but move the photo to the bottom right corner. There were 1,000 copies pressed for the second pressing onto the fifth pressing. So a total of 5,000 copies existed the split. 4,000 with the truck at the bottom right, 500 with the bicycle, 500 with the truck in the center. The card insert is also different between the first pressing and later ones. The bicycle and centered truck covers are long out of print and rarely pop up on eBay. Those with the centered truck cover have no idea what they actually have and <laughs> throw them up on eBay uh, and either go for really cheap because buyer buyers don't think it's rare in any way or a bidding war erupts because buyers actually know what they're bidding on. One of the few times I saw the bicycle cover on eBay, I snagged it relatively cheap, $15, when I have seen it go for $40 before. And I did a quick search on eBay. I did not see one cheaper than $30, I don't think. And it was not a bicycle, and it was not the center truck. Huh. <laughs> um, so that doesn't answer, though, the version. So you've seen a photo with... Uh, yeah, the bicycle one has blueprint first. The The bicycle has blueprint first. And if you look on the inside or the back of this pressing, where at the bottom it says abridged records, it has in between angels listed first and Christmas card. That's and interesting. Right? Yeah. So that's also swapped. Now, if you look back at on this one, the track list for that, the one that has blueprint first, it still has sides um, A is going to be Jimmy World Christmas card and untitled, and then side B. Yeah. So it's not like it's that's even flopped. It's just the titling, um, and then on the inside that whatever that slip is, I don't know if that's the card. I imagine that's the back. Um, Correct. Uh, that that is the card that goes inside. Yeah. Okay. And then so looking at yeah, the little card looks like it. It's pretty much the same. It's just different, just different quality. But yeah. on the on the Discogs page with the truck in the bottom right corner, looking at those images. There is there's the um, the like the the paper sleeve for the the album itself. Yes. And then what is the picture there? You have Jimmy World with a picture that looks like picket fences and a and a, a a walkway that's been shoveled. Yes. And then another image of what looks like the the top down view of a boot. Yes. So what what are those pictures of? Those are the uh those are the uh, sticker on the record. But yeah, there doesn't say side A or side B anywhere. Oh, I see. They they, they just took the they cropped out the actual um the the vinyl album part of it. I see. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Because you can sense. see on the sleeve on the second image here. Uh, yeah, the shoe. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, uh, did you look at the comment here from Brendan is gone? This is August fifteenth, twenty twelve. Here's some more information about some differences between the versions. Two slightly different sleeve versions for this truck cover. One, speckled paper, label address, P.O. Box 7951, Houston, Texas, 77270, in uppercase and lowercase. And two, a less speckled paper, label address, P.O. Box 571221, Houston, Texas, 77257, in all caps. So that's even two different versions of the truck version. I mean, do you ever think that as a as somebody working in the manufacturing facility or, or down the production line at all, the the fact that one person is handed off like, hey man, could you just put our address at the bottom of this, uh, the back of this pressing? You know, we had to repress it because somebody sold the rights to some photos, and the fact that they grabbed, you know, like let's say it's a different manufacturer of that the paper inside, 
You know, it's just the fact that people are are so this is an identifying factor in these very rare or somewhat, you know, the the common ones versus the rare ones. And these people have just looked at every detail of these things. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. Well, they'll even sometimes uh, I don't see it on this particular release, but we'll look at like full LPs and it'll be like what the runoff, like what's etched in the runoff on the vinyl. And you're like, what are they talking about? And if you look on the vinyl, (laughs) sure enough. They're all hand etched by some sort of Dremel tool with like a serial number with, I'm assuming what they they pressed the vinyl with, like the master, uh, uh, what do they call it? The mother, I think they call it the mother press or something like that. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, that Um, sounds about right. Yeah. (laughs) Crazy. And probably so that you could be like, hey, there's a problem with my vinyl. And then they can have you read them that code and they can trace it back to that thing and say, oh, yes, there was an issue with that release uh so yeah man crazy so still yeah that i'm glad that that the uh what was the name of that that uh vinyl aficionado uh oh oh uh let's see oh stitches and grooves stitches and grooves man i'm glad they had that information available really yeah, that was it a lot of good clear stuff a, clear, clear up a lot of that and it specifically sounded like they spoke to the owner of a bridge records that got some of that information so that's kind of cool yeah stitches and grooves.wordpress.com um lots of good information on that site mm-hmm I'm actually going to bookmark them <laughs> for uh, for future research that I do. Now, did uh, did you listen at all to the the other side of that split to the the blueprint? I sure did, but let's take a listen because I really like the song. Yeah, right. Okay, here we go. So the full split. This is at um, three hundred and twenty seven seconds. That's Not my favorite man, Matt Penfield show. I <laughs> oh, can hear that Christmas card. It's yeah. at, um, let me see, this should be better, uh, 5 minutes and 26 seconds. It's quite a long track, too. Yes, it was. Like, it sounds very, like, I could see them and Jimmy well putting out a thing together. That makes yeah. sense. I could see these guys playing on early MTV. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, right at that, that uh, right at that point when we're transitioning into this alternative phase.
just rocking out oh, yeah. over here. Oh yeah, man. It sounded that there were some bits in there that made me think of Phoenix TX in like the early 2000s, oh, yeah, man. you know? I like this. It has movements. you know it this five and a half minute song is over oh baby you know it's it, i think it's like you were saying the movements they just i don't know get out get yeah that's blueprint out of texas <laughs> doing a b-side with jimmy eat world Jimmy World. <laughs> That's cool. I like when we get to play like like weird stuff like that. Yeah, it's like so tangentially related to the band, right? I'm and I'm glad that that uh, who was this that had this up? I looked at the comments here. I'm gonna go visit the page. You're gonna hear this Christmas card again. But is this was uploaded by Left Hand Lemons, uh, released in 1996 on Abridged Records, and they put the track list and everything in there, and uh, it has a couple of comments. Uh, Dario uh, Katia, beautiful. I love it. I love the first song that doesn't take me at beginning, but when it explodes, yeah, I can feel it. And then James Bailey, Blueprint, Heart. So, so good. Blueprint meant something to them, certainly. And so this was recorded or the, produced by, or I, I imagine produced or engineered by Dan Workman. And I mentioned to you earlier today how I made a, an error in who I thought. Oh, Dan Workman actually so was. So who did you think Dan Workman was? So you 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 Google Dan Workman, you see somebody who is. Um, in fact, I'm going to do it again just to see Dan Workman. Okay, and you get somebody who is a it says Dan Workman takes the next step in therapy. He's a, he's a therapist, right? In Houston, Texas. Oh, okay. And right? he's, oh like, yeah. Like no way, that can't be the guy. So I look at this other guy, Dan Workman, who is a little bit younger and. Lives in Arizona. I was like, this has got to be the guy. So I click and look <laughs> at his stuff. Turns out, I mean, this guy has seen some some shit. So uh, the, he wrote a book called Black Tar Mormon. He was a Mormon that was, uh, you know, in the church and then basically got out, got into black tar heroin and did a lot of bad Whoa. things. Yeah. And then he was on, uh, he was featured on the Sober Life podcast uh, in 2016. And then I found an article for the, the Herald Extra. 
that says Utah County's most wanted woman wanted for fraudulent business transactions. And he is associated with this. Dan Workman, age 32. Dan Workman was known to live in Cedar Hills area. He has two warrants for his arrest. The first two counts of theft, a third degree felony and a class B misdemeanor. Second warrant is for the count of retail Whoa. theft. I was like, no way this guy got, I mean, he, he kind of fell on hard times. Um, Turns out they're two different people. So uh. <laughs> the initial Dan Workman that I found is actually the right one. This guy, so he was a musician at first. Then he goes on to be uh, an engineer because he was so just in love with um, in, in love with music. Side of yeah, it or, the technical yeah. side of things. And now he's actually a, a, a licensed therapist. Um, but I went on his website, danworkman.com, and check this out. This is on his bio, like a, the About Me section. Says if you head over to Workman's website, I'm sorry, this isn't. This is on an article about him talking about his new ventures in therapy and, and things like that. If you head over to Workman's website, there's a thing called the Danomatic, which I'll get to in a moment. That's pretty cool. While his lips were sealed about what it would be used as in the future, he did remark, It's a fun little thing that my friend Tony Endeveri created. The trick was to go through my body of work to find beats and sounds that would make it do something. Will it make the world a better place? I'm not sure. So I had to check out what this Danomatic is, and oh man, that's a bummer. Let me enable this. Uh, this ah. is only gonna work. This is only gonna work for a couple more months. <laughs> okay. Right, because this is a Flash player that this guy had oh. put together. Right, and we all know that Flash is going the way of the dodo. Um, December thirty first, I think, is it? I'm gonna turn that off. I'm gonna undo the block um, sites because this is kind of cool. It's a little. Click to enable. There we go. I'm going to allow that. December 2020. So it's it's got... I can send this to you if you want to see. It's just a small little player. The left side is loops that you can hit a loop, and it plays the loop. And then on the right side, there's about eight sample tracks. And it takes a while to load. So I don't even know if I could offline this thing. So let's see. Let me pick one of the loops. It's loading everything. The Danomatic. So there's one of the loops. It sounds almost like something off of, it's just a lo-fi flash yeah, you know, audio. But you can click anything in the guitar strings here. And I imagine these are things like he's written. Sort of, kind of ahead of its time, right? Doesn't that sound a little bit like a Jimmy World lick? Yeah, it does. Right? It sounds like your house. <laughs> but... It's just you can kind of fiddle around with this, change the loops. There's only kind of that pocket beat. <laughs> it's a weird thing. I'm so thing. glad you have this working. I can't get it working in any browser right now. <laughs> yeah, I... Um... Yeah, it was interesting. I can't find out where in the biography he had mentioned this. Um, so I'm going to paraphrase. But he goes on to say that he he told um, ZZ Top, the band, like they called him up and said, hey, do you know how to use this special kind of synthesizer? He didn't. He BSed his way in, figured it out on the spot, ended up working with them as his, as his, his like engineer, the, the tech, for four years. And then in doing that, he had worked up this reputation and built up this experience, um, a, a better clientele. And then he works, uh, he owns um, the Sugar Hill. I guess that's a huge, huge, um, they call themselves, oh, what is it called? Shoot, I can't reach the site. But it's it's a big enough 
um, music production facility that uh, they recently sold it to a very large, uh, I wanted to say like something like a, a, a records, like Capitol Records, something big, somebody that would honor the history of this iconic um, recording facility. Uh, but he was he was the one that ran the place for a few years um, wow. with two other guys. Yeah, and I, I had all this stuff up, but the the studio log. Um, so yeah, that's why I feel like I'm paraphrasing it. So now, yeah, now he's a um, now he's a a therapist. Therapist, yeah, yeah. Wow, what yeah. a what a road, what a trip mm-hmm. with this uh, split. So then the split. Well, let's see what else. Is. So yeah, they're from Houston, Texas. Blueprint is. We played their song, abridged records. Uh, bu- 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 oh yeah, so I didn't even going into this track, I didn't even consider that the, it crossfaded from Christmas card, which it right. does on the. Uh, we'll get to the Christmas card episode because I'm interested if the single version of Christmas card is the same that was done during the Static Prevail sessions right. or uh, not, but because um, it crossfades into the track. Um, but, uh, I guess we'll talk about that on the Christmas card episode, but I thought it was yeah. kind of a trip. Um, and then I was looking at, uh, uh, this is like a kind of a false flag type of thing, but I was looking at the tr- liner notes on Discogs and it almost looked like they were saying Mitch Porter played bass on this, but I guess in the two disc version, everything is credited as like one dash 10 is track 10. So I thought tracks one through 10 were Mitch Porter on bass. And I was like, oh, this is track nine. So it must be Mitch Porter. It is not Mitch Porter. Um, <laughs> but uh, here's what it says in the liner notes. Uh, and I think you said you came across a post that talked about this. But here's what it says in the liner notes for Christmas card and untitled, which has one blurb uh, as itself. Recorded and mixed by Larry Elia at Mind's Eye Digital, a bridge records. We used to record all live except for vocals because we only had two hours of studio time to use. This session, we had some extra time, so we decided to mess around with a riff Tom and I were working on while Larry was getting the drums mic'd. So uh, that's that's gotta be the riff that became untitled, right? Right, yeah. Um, Which is odd to think it was so spur of the moment. (laughs) Yeah, right? and uh there was something else oh uh like it was down here on um oh that's so weird i totally thought oh here it is here from the archived jimmy eat world website they also had a little blurb about this and this wasn't really that long ago i feel like let's see uh if i click on this link this is the uh wayback machine takes me back to uh, i guess it's december 2008 it's weird to me that's not that long ago but that's 12 years ago um, but they say, uh, they listed it on their discography. Um, and it says notes. This is a split that we did with a great brand, a great band from Houston, Texas called blueprint. There are two exclusive Jimmy eat world songs here, and it's still in print released January 1st. They put here 1996. Um, seems like they just missed Christmas for Christmas card. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, kind of cool. And on the Jimmy E. World website, this is interesting. I'm going to copy this image and send it to you. They have the centered up version of the truck. Oh, really? On their website. Yeah. Which has them listed first and then uh, and then Blueprint. 
in like the most potato quality you could possibly. Oh imagine. my gosh, yeah, that's not yeah, that's that's the image. That's not a thumbnail. <laughs> nope, that's it. Um, but yeah, I thought that was. Uh, uh, I mean, it's just supplemental to them talking about the track at all. Because I mean, yeah, you'd almost think this track didn't exist. Um, yeah, could easily be I guess overlooked. That kind of covers. It kind of covers the the single at uh, the seven inch single aspect of it, and then I suppose we could talk a little bit about uh, the singles album. Yeah, two thousand. Uh, did you find anything specifically about that? <laughs> Just one post uh, submitted a year ago uh, from Ticket Two Forty, but I'm sure that you have that same post. Oh, um, I don't know Ticket Two Forty. No, yeah, I don't have this anything is, about Ticket. The 240. title is "Any Love for Singles." Okay. And they shared their album art or the the liner notes. And Ticket Two Forty also commented on the post saying, uh, "This was the second Jew album I bought after Bleed American way back in two thousand one. I love the raw quality of the tracks, and I am fascinated in the liner notes, especially like the comment about downloading a song on Napster. Those were <laughs> the days. Shoot all the way down to the bottom of the thread. Not any relation to the the points that this person has received, but Duke Nuke twelve steps in <laughs> hey it's me <laughs> that's you man um i recently scanned all my jimmy world album art for a project i'm working on wonder what that Ooh, could be look at me. so clandestine it's, it's interesting how mine is slightly different from yours and i had to put them side by side to see what it was right and it okay. looks like better than O is omitted in her version or their version we talked about this and yes. it was it was it a Japanese that's, release or was it? I think it was. And that's that's the only difference, right? When you said yours is different. Yeah. Okay, I thought so. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that's the trip. We I remember talking about that a long time ago. And then I feel like I've lined them up in uh in Photoshop and was like A Bing them to see like <laughs> what was the right. what was right. the big difference. Yeah, and um, then so in that in that thread there were a couple of comments that did mention untitled. So this guru one. Okay. Uh, uh, come on, there's uh, Ramina. And Ramina. Then there's I always say Ramina, but yeah. Ramina? You know, and I was, I, I don't know. I, I've said Ramina, but I, I don't know. R- Ramina just sounds, I don't know. We'll f- I want to hear what it's Ramana. supposed to be. Ramina. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's opener, <laughs> uh, 77 satellites, spangled digits. What would I say to you now? Untitled, I spent so many hours on this album. Love it. And below that, Paul Roger says, of course, oh. I need the Japan version to almost complete my collection. Untitled is awesome. I love the completists. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, uh, after learning what we've learned today, I obviously need to own the bicycle version of the 7-inch. Yeah, and even for 30 <laughs> bucks is not that bad. I mean, to have it in your... It's only going to no, go up No, but that was, the, that was the truck <laughs> at the bottom right. I saw it. Oh, I think oh, I saw yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Centered up truck much... or a truck in the... Yeah, I saw one that was... Um, like 150 bucks, and I don't know what the Jeez. special, what was special about that one. Yeah. But I'll keep an eye out now that I know. Now that yeah. I know. Yeah. Um, and and last one was Minty 901, uh, Love Untitled, and H Model. Yeah. yeah. So some other trivia I have is the spine is printed with two eyes on the Jimmy Eat World uh, on the singles album. And I don't have my singles album in front of me, but I think it's only on a few pressings of the singles album that is j-i-i-m-y eat world mm-hmm. um jimmy jimmy <laughs> um and let's see oh after leaving Capitol records the compilation was released as a means of self-funding the recording sessions for their next album bleed american 
the photo of the marquee. I do know we talked about this because I don't remember if we talked about which Fox Theater it was, but how we had seen them at the Fox Theater in Pomona several times. Right. Um, the photo of the marquee featured prominently on the cover was taken at the Fox Theater in Boulder, Colorado. It also features a photo of the Capitol Records building in Hollywood, the headquarters of the band's former label. Um, so I didn't even think that that's like a big fuck you. Yeah, right. almost it seems uh, <laughs> as it came out after the record dropped. So, yeah, that's kind of a trip. Um, but yeah, so that is what I have. Lastly, I sort of had this thing. I found this on Dean or on Dine VHS compilation. Um, and it had Jimmy Eat World untitled. But it also has like every other band on here is untitled. So I'm it, it looks like it's like a um, it it was released in Spain in 2000. It's the first issue of on dine video zine featuring live footage of some bands. So my guess is that it's not Jimmy Eat World playing the song untitled, which I don't have any uh, proof that they ever played live. But uh but it's probably just a bunch. It, it's basically YouTube before YouTube of a bunch right. of bands playing <laughs> footage. However, I am interested in seeing this footage. Was it shot in Spain? You know what I mean? Like where right. was the sh- footage shot? How was it compiled? How does it look? How does it sound? Um, no other like bands I know. Neurosis sounds like a band I should know. A Room with a View. Um, NRA. <laughs> I don't know if these are like bands I should know or or not, but. Um, but yeah, kind of uh, interesting. I, I, it, it's possible on this random video compilation that it exists, but probably not. Probably um, not. Yeah, I was really hoping there was going to be something on YouTube, but no, yeah. nothing. Uh, so community, you kind of touched on a bunch of stuff. I, I have a few things here. Do you have anything else for community? No, no, just that one post. So I wrote that there's no Jake T. O'Donnell, but Jake does have the blue does have Christmas card on his list. So when we get to the Christmas card episode, Ooh, we'll excited. talk about that. But he didn't mention, unfortunately, he didn't mention Untitled um, as a separate song. But because they fade into each other, I wonder if people, like I even had to do a whole part of my research was doing Christmas card research. Because I was like, I wonder if people are going to be talking about this song when they are, when they think they're talking about Christmas card. Uh-huh. I didn't really find a lot of that, but uh, I worry, I, I wondered about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh since they roll into each other, why would he credit one song and not the other or even mention the other? So hard to say. Uh, Rico on YouTube says uh, the brightest lights burn out the quickest. R.I.P. Jamie. And I thought that was sort of interesting. Like on one of the versions of this song I found on YouTube, somebody po- po- posted that. And it just seems so strange that somebody else seems to be coping with this song after the loss of a person. So yeah. something about this song. Uh, I just thought that was interesting. And then steps away on May 12, 2002 mentions this on uh, song meetings. Uh, as we talked about some of the comments earlier uh, where people were re- referring to when it was possibly the entry was edited and it was the song. Uh, amazing. Jim gives us the situation of a girl not being loved in return for the love she gives. And the way he takes the lyrics to this, this is, uh, sorry, I found this on the Christmas card song meanings. Uh And then I searched 
for Untitled. But she, uh, uh, so uh, and the way he takes the lyrics to this and makes the most beautiful song Untitled, it's unreal. So Steps Away also loves and Steps Away is insinuating that the lyrics are speaking to the events that transpire in Christmas right. Card. So uh, if you're listening to this and the show is already complete, go listen to the Christmas card episode, and I'm sure we talk about this song a lot there, too. <laughs> um, and finally, I, I uh, we talked about completists uh, looking on the Facebook group. There is somebody on Reddit, and I wish I had pulled it up, but they, they have the entire compliment and collection, and it might be this guy, Frank uh, Dorico. Um, but specifically, so Tyler J. Newhard uh, is posting... Uh, his vinyl collection and Frank uh, Dorico is like, Hey, add me on Discogs. I'm missing a few seven inches. And basically they go back and forth. One, one person's missing, taking back Sunday, seven inch and one, two, three, four. Frank says uh, uh, specifically that he is in need of the one with Emery opener and the blueprint with the bike artwork. Some other color variations I'd like to, <laughs> but I have copies already. So he's looking for the blueprint bike version. And man, there's only 500 versions out there, or yeah. 500 uh, of them out Impressive, there. So yeah. that's going to be a tough one to get, I think. Um, and then I have a cover, believe it or not. Do you really? I have one cover. Do you? Uh, no. Awesome. So this is Toby Howell on SoundCloud. I'm going to play this and watch together. It's uh, basically instrumental, um, but I wrote down that it sounds pretty good. I could see myself wanting to do a cover of this just to yeah. zone out to this part. Yeah. Baseline up. Yeah. Yeah, it is just so simple. Yeah, man. So I suppose we could do final thoughts while this is playing. Yeah. What are your final thoughts on the song Untitled by Jimmy? Well, uh, we didn't even talk about what did you think of this song like going into it? Like, had you heard it? I didn't realize it was going to be so, f- there were going to be so few lyrics. <laughs> I was expecting something much longer. So, uh, I, I mean, it's still, it still very much fits in with that, with the whole singles album. Uh, I know we're going to do some clever editing and, and I'll be able to hear it again. I did want to hear it before... Um, when we were doing the episode, we didn't get an opportunity to do that, but I did hear it earlier today, and I I like it. It's it's very short, and 
you know, you, you I kind of wanted there to be a little bit more of a, a deeper of story a there, to there. it. <laughs> But it's neat to see just how this song came from just a simple, a simple, uh, you know, like let's say they started their new session um, uh, earlier in the day, and and Larry just had to set some stuff up. But it's kind of just how it all, all the pieces fell together, and they came up with the song that, you know, as you know, it can can affect uh, many people differently. So yeah. it, it's a good one, man. What do you think? I mean, it's uh, yeah, I, I imagine that they probably felt what me and that one person on uh the youtube comments and yeah this guy felt that did the cover um is it's uh, i don't know how to describe what it is i feel this is what i imagine um like uh i've never listened to manchester orchestra but like i was always just i i was always described them as like an emo band so then i was like oh what would an emo orchestra sound like and this is what an emo orchestra in my mind would sound like <laughs> like it's just like long arpeggiated sections that Marley go left and right and up and down but live in this like major scale four four time uh shoegazy like vibe i don't know i don't know how to describe what it is i love about it but um like i guess explosions of this in the sky kind of like fills this yeah void now yeah. But it's almost too clean. Like this is this is what I want. I want something that sounds like this. Um, and uh, and I want more of uh, what sounds like this. So um, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like maybe I shortchanged. Maybe I hijacked you a little bit. So do we listen to it again and get your thoughts on it so you can have heard it again? Yeah, let's listen to it since it's only a couple of minutes. Yeah, um, I've got it up here anyway. So let me go ahead and bring this up. Here we go uh, in its entirety. Um, track nine, Untitled.
The raw quality so to it oh, is just, it, it gives it so much character. I just love it a little bit more. I'm glad you let me listen to it in its entirety. Yeah, man. Oh, that's, oh. So good. that's a good driving song. Or like laying out in like Joshua Tree, looking up at the stars or oh, something. Oh, yeah. Like I could do like I should do one of those ten hour loop videos for YouTube, <laughs> where it's just that on a yeah. constant loop. <laughs> that would be cool. So yeah, uh, I don't know. Final thoughts is uh, for me. Um, for me, this song is heaven. Uh, it is. Uh, it quickly moved to my top ten Jimmy World tracks of all time uh, when I heard it at a time that I needed to hear it. And um, yeah, there it is. There you have it. Anything else, Justin? Before we go. Uh, no, that's it, man. I'm glad we get to do these early tracks. Gives me a good in, in, in inside look into yeah. the band. Yeah. When they were but fledgling little birds. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, uh, uh, this is Jimmy Pod, and uh, until next time, uh, continue to be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes. <laughs> <laughs>